0: This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner, entrepreneur, educator, and radio show host with a vision of a future where families, neighborhoods, communities, and whole societies support each other. Where each of us lives up to our own potential so we can help others in a substantial way. Where giving back is something we all practice, whether of our time, our expertise, or our finances. You can reach Lynn with your comments or questions at 519-448-3477 or by email at lynn at stepright.ca. That's 519-448-3477 or by email at lynn at stepright.ca.
1: Hello again. Welcome to Step Right with Lynn. Before we get into our show today, it's important that I ask you to like the show (laughs) right on SoundCloud. Click that little like button. SoundCloud or whatever platform you're listening from, that's the way our message can be found by the search engines. That's the way we can spread our message. So we need those likes, shares, and comments. And I invite you to follow the show as well. You can do that right on SoundCloud. I'm so grateful when I hear from you, the listeners, with ideas for guests for the show or ideas for show topics. They're always the best. I welcome your comments. I'd love to hear from you, so please send me an email, lynn at stepright.ca. That's L-Y-N-N at stepright, steprigh tca My guest today is Tammy Adams. Tammy lives in Paris, Ontario. She's married with two adult children. She's the owner of Intuitive Understanding and helps her clients discover insights to help them navigate life in joy. Welcome Tammy. Hi Lynn. Hi. It's great to have you here today. We're going to provide our listeners with some insights about grief. It's a topic that touches us all. And because we're whole people, grief affects every aspect of our lives. Before we get into the topic of grief, tell us a bit about Intuitive
2: Understanding,
1: your business. What's that about?
2: Intuitive Understanding is a business that helps animals and people live life to the fullest. And it came about as a result of the fact that the journey that most people are on, I've taken myself. And so I've taken the wrong turns and the right turns along the way. And so I believe that I can support them navigating their journey because I can maybe save them a little time. An intuitive understanding came about because I believe that people are Are stuck in a paradigm of limiting beliefs, and most of the time we don't realize it. So, our subconscious mind really controls 95% of what we do in a day, but we think we're operating from our conscious mind. And so, because we're not aware of the fact that our lives are really running on autopilot, we tend to feel that we're victims of life circumstance. And so, intuitive understanding came about by helping people to discover and work their way through these limiting beliefs so that they can actually be living in the present moment as opposed to the past, living in regret, or in the future, living in fear. And so, like myself, intuitive understanding has evolved, and over the last several years, I've learned different um, energy techniques to support people that led me directly to the grief recovery method. Mm -hmm. because the foundation of grief recovery is in all the other modalities I've learned along the way. But I think, well, for me, it feels like I've come home. This is where I'm supposed to be. And I just draw on my own personal experience and also the previous teachings that I've had to support people in discovering and recovering from their grief.
1: Awesome. So grief touches us all. What are some of the times in our lives when we might find
2: ourselves grieving? That's a really interesting question, Lynn, because when I talk to people about grief, one of the comments I get is, can't we call it something else? And it's interesting because in North America, we don't want to label it grief. We will deal with it if it's stress or if it's anxiety or burnout, but we don't want to label it grief. And yet grief is more than about death or divorce there are actually 43 reasons people grieve and it can be a happy occasion as well as a sad one so let me give you an example you could have a child going off to university which is an Mm. exciting time for everyone and yet there's conflicting emotions involved in that because it's a change in something familiar So before I tell you what maybe some of those examples are, maybe I should at least give you a definition of grief first. Okay. So grief is the natural and normal reaction to loss. And it's also the conflicting feelings of a change in something that's familiar or a behavior that you're comfortable with. So having said that, some of the different things could be moving, the loss of a pet, whether you've been married or divorced whether you've been fired or downsized, a substantial windfall, a substantial financial loss. Those are definitely grief issues. Whether you've mm-hmm. had a miscarriage or a stillbirth, experienced a trauma, lost a limb, experienced a health issue. There's over 40 reasons why people oh, grieve. Wow. So we're all grieving. We're, right. None of us are escaping it, but Because of that automatic pilot on how your subconscious mind works, a lot of people say, I'm fine. This isn't a grief issue. That's for someone else.
1: Okay. Are there some myths about grieving? Can you talk to us about what we're conditioned to believe about grief?
2: Yes. There's two major things that I'd like to share with people. The first one is most of us are familiar with the five stages of grief the five stages of grief are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And those are actually the five stages of dying. And they are very effective in helping a terminally ill person come to terms with their diagnosis. But even the author of those five stages says this has nothing to do with grief. So people are always trying to fit into these five definitions Mm -hmm. No one has ever called the Grief Recovery Institute and said, I don't think my husband's dead. (laughs) You know, like they absolutely aren't in denial. They know. And bargaining is off the table at this point because the loss has already taken place. There's no way to, you know, negate that. But then on top of that, there's actually six myths. So people who experience a loss... There's 141 things that people will say. There's a very good chance in three days after your loss, you will hear all of them, or at least 95%. And of those, 19 are helpful. Wow. So they support the first myth in the fact that your feelings aren't important. People try to deflect. And then you want to replace the loss. So when you're a child, usually your first loss is a pet. And so the first thing you will hear is, well, don't feel bad. We'll get you another puppy. And as a child, you don't want another puppy. You want that puppy. That's right. And then because our feelings are denied and because people are encouraging us to replace the loss, we don't feel comfortable sharing. So then we tend to grieve alone. hmm Probably the most damaging one is time heals all wounds. Mm-hmm. Time isn't able to do anything. It's what you do with that time that allows you to heal from the pain. I think that was one of the
1: points in your material that you shared with me to look at was that this idea of grieving alone because other people are not necessarily comfortable dealing with you if you're the person grieving. People aren't necessarily comfortable dealing with you in your grief. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. They'd like to help, but they can't. And so I think that helps, well, you know, go to your room till you get it together kind of thing. And that really hit home in that material for me. That was a very clear point that I found very true.
2: I had a a client the other day share an interesting kind of analogy of that, which I thought was amazing because she said, your heart is broken and you're grieving. And so you've stepped onto the stage and you're sharing your story because someone's asked how you're doing and because people want to intellectualize grief as opposed to deal with it as an emotional issue they don't right. know how to deal with it and she said very shortly you're off the stage and they're on the stage sharing their story and they think they're being helpful but in fact you're not being heard again it's being replaced or deflected and I thought that was a really powerful illustration of how that feels to the grieving person. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been hard to step onto the stage. And now that they're there, before they've actually even expressed themselves, they're off at the stage again. And so you learn really quickly to just, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. And the other thing is, if you look at someone who's lost a spouse or a partner, you know, they're waiting. So 10 years goes by, 20 years goes by. Now you start to think there's something wrong with you, because time hasn't healed anything. Right. And again, it just is another trigger to kind of take you away from life and and shut you down. Are there other myths? Being strong for others. And that's an interesting one, because As you move through any kind of personal journey, you realize at the end of the day, the only emotions that you can possibly be responsible for are your own. So you start to be strong for others, which means you start to be dishonest with your own feelings. And that, again, gets in the way of your healing process. One of the examples I was given was a woman called the Institute to say that her son's father had died. And I thought it was an interesting way to express it. Because people were, well, are you still together? Are you separated? And they were still together. They were still married. But she started the conversation with my son's father. So all of a sudden, right off the gate, it's gone to the son as opposed to her. And she was really concerned because she could see him shutting down and was trying to get him to open up. And every time she asked him a question, he would go to his room. And so the institute because they're so amazing at what they do their first question to her was what happens when someone asks you about your husband and she said well I want to cry but I don't want to cry in front of them so I go to my room. Wow so the behavior was he was was learned just copying what
1: he was being taught was how you approached it.
2: Yeah and then the final myth is to stay busy. So everybody wants you to stay busy because if you're busy, you're not thinking. But the way the subconscious mind works is you can be as busy as you like, but it's still there. And the more I do this work, I almost think of it as, you know, the ground men or women at the airport that are waving the flag and signaling the plane in. Right. That story that keeps playing, that grief, that loss, whatever it is. Is your subconscious mind waving the flag? Can we just finish this? Right. Feel the emotion and deal with it. Bring it to completion so that you can feel again. And so your subconscious mind in repeating that story is actually there to bring your attention to the fact that there's something incomplete.
1: Let's take this moment to go to a short commercial break. we come back we'll learn more about the subject that touches us all and we'll talk about what would be a healthy process.
0: Thanks Lynn. Lynn Wedham is passionate about being a resource for those who want to find effective strategies to plan their legacy. Every gift makes a difference and every gift in every will makes a difference. It is Lynn's dream that it be commonplace for everyone to consider effective planning for their favorite charities in their estate plans. What if you found a way to make a far bigger impact than you ever thought possible? Lynn's five-step process makes it easy to maximize opportunities for giving you may not know exist. You can reach Lynn at 519-448-3477 or by email at lynn at That's 519-448-3477 or by email at lynn at
1: Welcome back. This is Step Right With Lynn and I'm your host Lynn Wedham. I'd love to hear your comments about the show, your ideas for show topics and your ideas for guests for the show. Send me an email lynn at stepright.ca that's l-y-n-n at stepright s-t-e-p-r-i-g-h-t dot c-a. My guest today is Tammy Adams and we're discussing grief recovery and how in the past we haven't always allowed ourselves to understand a process that would lead us through grief. So Tammy, what kind of a process do you recommend that people might go through that would be effective in dealing with grief?
2: Well, the method that I use is called the grief recovery method. It was actually designed by a gentleman who lost his child at three days. And within a few short months, him and his wife had divorced following the death of their child. And he was frustrated because he couldn't find any material that would help. He found lots of people sharing their stories, but he couldn't find a technique that would help him bring completion to his grief. And so, 38 years ago, after much like I said at the beginning, people who have taken the journey can show others the way, he found a way out of his grief. And then design this program. So the first part of it is unlearning what you've learned about grief. Because unintentionally, we're taught how to grieve. And because we live in North America, we're not given the proper tools. So it's much like painting a room with a screwdriver. And so the first part of the program is unlearning what you've learned so that you can create a new pathway in your mind. And then the next step is to discover what the losses are that you've had in your life. And so you're able through a process to step back and take an aerial view of all the losses. Now, there's a lot of those losses that are probably sitting just fine with you. You know, you've complete them, you've wrapped them up. They're not something that's kind of weighing on you. Intuitively, you will look at this line and you will know exactly which ones need to Mm. be brought to completion. And so far, what I'm noticing is when you actually get the graph in front of you, there's an issue way back, way back in your past that was never dealt with. And you can see it come up again mm-hmm. and again. So discovery is, is the next step. But in my opinion, discovery isn't enough if you don't do something with what you've found right. out. And so then the final stage is recovery. And so, for each of those losses that you feel are incomplete, you go through a process called a relationship review, and you go through that. You categorize this into three categories, whether it's a forgiveness, an apology, or just a significant emotional statement that you would like to be heard, and then you formulate a special letter that has to be read out loud and heard by another living person. And once you've done that, you will find that you've completed the grief. Because grief is really about something that you wish was better, different, or more. Mm -hmm. It's unresolved hopes, dreams, and expectations. And it's also based on the fact that either you said something that you didn't think was heard, or you never had the opportunity to say what you wanted to say. And so by taking those simple steps, you're able to bring completion to that emotional loss. And I can't stress enough how simple the formula is Mm -hmm. and yet how overwhelmingly effective it is. Profound. It's profound. The recovery that I've seen with the people that I've worked with, it's just amazing to watch it. And I remember when I was certified, our facilitator said, somebody said to her once, how can you talk to people who are sad all day? How can you do that? And she said, how can I do that? She said, well, if they're heard, which is really what grieving people are looking for, is the opportunity to actually be heard. And if I can help them to discover what's incomplete and support them in completing that grief, and they actually can leave with the ability to actually move forward and enjoy their life, She said, how does it get any better than that? (laughs) And I agree, because if we go back to where we started our conversation, so many people are living their lives on this automatic script that for most people they're not even aware exists. It's kind of like, for those of us that are old enough to remember a tape recorder, it's like you tape music on a tape, Mm -hmm. and then you press play. And you're listening to this song, and you're going, I don't, I don't want to listen to that song. So, are you going to shout at the tape recorder? Stop! No, stop! Stop! You know, you can shout at the tape recorder all you want, but the music will still play. Right. And the only way to stop that story is to press the stop button and re-record. Mm. And that's basically what the grief recovery method is. Right.
1: You told me an example about a child and how the child up to a certain age knew how to, how to grieve. I, I think it was a hamster you told yes. me the story about, but would you share that? I think that was really
2: interesting. It, oh, it, it is. Children before the age of, uh, I believe it's four, naturally grieve because they haven't been shown a different way. Because usually up to that point, they're not normally exposed to a lot of right. traumatic grief. And so there was the story of a four-year-old, and the parents knew John James, and called him and said, "You know, our son's hamsters died, and we really want to do this right. Can you help us?" And he said, "He's four; he'll be fine." Now he said, "Just watch him, and if you see any signs that something's gone astray, absolutely call us back." But he'll be fine. And so the mother watched through the door, and the four-year-old went up to his dead hamster. And followed the grief recovery method absolutely perfectly. He told his hamster what he wanted the hamster to know. He told him all the times that the hamster upset him. (laughs) He told him all the things that he was sorry for. And then he simply said goodbye. And it was the grief recovery method to a T on the level of a Mm four-year-old. He didn't miss a beat. Not a beat. But then when you get to be, say, a teenager or a young adult or, you know, an older adult, by then those subconscious patterns have been formed because we form our beliefs on what we see and what we're taught. And no one intentionally has misled us. It's just we've never had the tools really to start with. And so we keep talking about the five stages of grief and people follow the six myths and wonder why they're still stuck in their pain. Yeah,
1: I remember some years back, my aunt was talking about her neighbor and how silly she thought it was that the neighbor would go to the graveside and talk to her deceased husband and, and how that wasn't biblical. He wasn't there. And, and I said to her, who is she hurting? She's not hurting anyone. If that helps her to do
2: that, Why do we judge each other so harshly? We do. And, you know, it's a good thing you brought that up because we're wired as human beings to want to be accepted and we Mm. want to fit in. And so those judgments come, you know, they come out of the blue from someone. And then you find yourself morphing back to these six myths because you want to fit in and you want to be accepted if that lady knew for example that that's how people felt even though she was comfortable doing it there's a high probability that she would stop because she wouldn't want to be judged or not fit in and so that's a really important point that you've brought up because we so want to fit in that we adapt our grief Mm -hmm. in order to be accepted.
1: And I think as you pointed out, we tend to just do what we've been shown to do as opposed to figuring out what would be healthy for us.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Again, I can't stress just how simple the process is. Simple from an intellectual perspective. Right. It's difficult emotionally. Yeah. You can't go around grief and you can't go under it. You have to go through it. Mm. But it's a safe way to go through it because you're being supported, you're being treated with respect and dignity. And because grieving people don't lack courage, they just lack the tools to be able to bring this, like I say, to completion. And we don't refer to it as closure because your emotional relationship with that person will continue. But by bringing your emotions to a completed state, what people find is they're able to now visit those fond memories and experience that relationship from the past without being afraid that it's going to be so painful to go back. And one of the other things is, you know, after you've done the completion process, let's say it's one of your really big losses, you may still have a day where you really miss that person and you may still have a day when you're really sad. But those are days of sadness, they're not days of painful grief, and there's a very big difference between the two, and you will still have days when you miss that person, and that's normal and natural, right? you know, but you've had the tools, and you will have those tools for a lifetime, so that if you experience another loss, you know exactly what you need to do. And one of the other things people will say to people is it's too soon to ask for some help. Mm. And the grief recovery method feels it's never too soon. And especially after a major loss, your emotions are very raw and fresh at that point. And so are your memories. Mm -hmm. So to go through the process early is beneficial because everything is right there and Mm -hmm. accessible.
1: Yeah. What came to mind as you were saying that, would you believe that it's true that it's never too early, but it's
2: also never too late? Absolutely. It's never too late. Never Mm. too late. No. And uh, I just think that with grief, we tend to want to just push it aside. It's kind of like if we sweep it under the rug, it's not there. But all that does is keep people trapped, trapped in that pain that they're experiencing from the loss of grief. And so if they come to that fact and say, well, you know, it's been 30 years, it's too late for me now. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm.
1: Let's uh, pause. We'll take uh, a short message from our sponsors and we'll come back and uh, learn a little bit
0: more. Financial decisions. You face them at every turn. Do you ever feel lost? Do you ever feel like you might be missing something or making a mistake? Join Step Right with Lynn, the show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Here's Lynn Wedham, Certified Financial Planner at Step Right Capital Planning.
1: Hello again, this is Step Right with Lynn. My guest today is Tammy Adams. We've been talking about grief recovery, and what is coming to me in the knowledge that I'm getting from Tammy is that we have something that's emotional that we have in the past tried to deal with in an intellectual way. So, because it is an emotional event, you know, Tammy's saying we need to go through it emotionally. And deal with those emotions, feel them so that we can deal with them. If we don't feel them, then we can't deal with those. So,
2: Tammy, what is your hope for others going forward? My hope for others is that people are able to embrace this program and be able to see grief for what it is and be willing and open to take the steps that will help them to bring completion to their grief. What's interesting is for this program to work, you only need to have 1% commitment to the process. Wow. That's all it takes, just 1%. So if I give you the example of a picnic, so you're planning a picnic and it's rained. So intellectually, yes, the fact of the matter is the rain has ruined your picnic. But whether it actually destroys the day is up to your reaction to Mm -hmm. that rain. So all you need is 1% of, well, that's really awful. It rained today. However, what can I do to still salvage our picnic? And so it doesn't take a lot of readiness to enter into the program, but anything less than 1% won't work. And Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to what I really believe is that grieving people aren't broken. They don't need to be fixed. This isn't therapy. It's not counseling. It's just simply an action-oriented program that helps people to move through their grief. And my hope is that people who have suffered any kind of loss, and it doesn't have to be death or divorce, any kind of major loss or change in their life, that they're able to move past the word grief and take the action steps that they need in order to move forward in their life. Mm-hmm. I think that's really good news for people. It is. It's awesome. And I feel like the facilitator of our program, I can't think of a better way to assist people on their journey than to, than to help them on this path.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we welcome people who may be stuck, needing recovery. We invite them to reach out to you would you tell them how they can reach you?
2: Absolutely. They can reach me by phone, 519-209-1986. So that's a cell phone, so they can text me as well. My email address is rogers.com. My website is tadams.ca. And if they go to my website, there are also additional services that they may find that may help them as well. But I'm very clear that when I'm doing grief recovery, it's a standalone. So there are other services that maybe they'd like to try prior or after, but there's not services we can mix in with the process because this one definitely stands alone in order to be effective.
1: They need to be concentrating on doing what they need to do on that.
2: Yes, even so much that when they're working with me in the grief recovery, the only drink that I offer them is a glass of water because even a cup of coffee can be a distraction. And so Mm. I always work with just a glass of water. And if I could give the listeners two pieces of advice that might help them in the future. One is when people are sharing their story we tend to want to interrupt. And so if they could just be a heart with ears and just let them talk. And if while they're talking, they start to cry, our natural instinct is to give them a Kleenex. Please don't. Because as soon as you reach for the Kleenex box, the subconscious message that you're sending that person is, please stop crying, I'm uncomfortable. And then finally, once they're done their story, If you're comfortable, please offer them a hug. But while they're telling their story, please don't make any movement to touch them because as soon as you touch them, that anchors in that emotion and they're not Mm. able to release it. So let them talk. Don't offer them a Kleenex. And when they're finished but not before, offer them a hug. And if you don't know what the right thing is to say, just simply say, I'm sorry.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that all goes to this natural, you know, our feeling is we want to do something, we want to fix it. And I think the first thing we need to know as the person giving the support is that we can't. They have to go through the process themselves. Absolutely.
2: We can be there to support them along the way. Mm-hmm. But grief is like any of the other challenges we face as human beings. At the end of the day, we can have people walk the path with us, but it's our path to walk, and and the healing takes place when we make the choice to take the actions that will help us get there.
1: And when we reach for those things that are the wrong thing to say,
2: our intentions are well. Absolutely. That's a really good point, Lynn. Yes, our, our intentions are never, we're not intentionally trying to say the wrong thing, But we've been taught in North America, we solve all our problems. We face all our challenges intellectually. Mm -hmm. And anyone who's grieving doesn't have a broken mind. Right. They have a broken heart. And so all those comments that seem so unhelpful, you're right, are not intentional. It's just we're trying to offer support from Mm -hmm. the wrong Wrong part of our body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was an excellent point. Thank you for bringing that up.
1: Okay, that's great. Would you give us your contact information one more time in case people messed it the first time through? Okay, my
2: uh, cell is 519 209 1986. My email is tdadams at rogers.com and my website is tadams.ca.
1: Thank you, Tammy. It's been great having you here today. Always enjoy chatting with you and to our listeners. I hope to hear from you and we will hope that you listen in on our next episode of Step Right with Lynn. So we'll see
0: you next time. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you for choosing to listen to Step Right with Lynn. We hope you'll join us next time. Remember to celebrate your wealth by doing something for yourself, your family, and your community. Until next time.